Welcome back, Tyler. Thank you. I'm I'm privileged, as always, to be in your basement. So you're ready for this uh, song review today? <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to this song review. You know what's kind of neat about this song? We're going to do Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young and their song, Ohio. But the song actually has, to me, a lot more meaning behind the song than actually the music and the lyrics to it. I agree. This is a song that's about excellent uh, subject matter. Let me give you a little history on Crosby, Stills, and Nash slash Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. They're kind of a folk rock supergroup, I guess you would call them. They were formed in 1968. They consist of David Crosby, asshole. Yes, he is. On vocals and rhythm guitar, Stephen Stills. On vocals, rhythm guitar, bass, keyboards, and some percussion. Graham Nash on vocals, keyboards, rhythm, guitar. And then, of course, Neil Young joined him a little bit later in 1969 on vocals and guitars. The band is well known for their harmonies. Yeah. That's one of the things that Crosby, Stills, and Nash especially is well known for. Me in particular, I like the band quite well, but I actually think that once Neil Young joined the band, it brought a nice flavor to him and brought the heavier guitar to him that I really enjoy more. Their music, it, I mean, it really does cover multiple genres from country rock, folk and rock. They have serious political activism in a lot of their lyrics and things, especially in this song we're doing today. A lot of them against the Vietnam War and things like that. And they're not very secretive about a lot of it. It's pretty straightforward. No, they want you to teach the children well. They do. So they sold over 30 million albums worldwide, which isn't too bad. They've recorded eight studio albums, five live albums, six compilation albums, and released 19 singles. In the U.S., all eight of their studio albums were in the top 100. Six of them hit the top 50, four in the top 10, and they actually had Deja Vu that hit number one. It was also number one in Australia and Canada, which that was their first album once Neil Young had joined the group. Not bad, especially considering that this band did not get along. No, there's <laughs> there's a lot of history between this band for sure. Yeah, certain. for sure. Yeah, they did have one other live album that hit number one, their 1971 live album, Four Way Street. It did hit number one in the U.S. as well. So in the U.K., in the top 100, they had Deja Vu being their top album. It hit number five, and Four Way Street, which was that live album, also hit number five. Eleven of their singles they released were in the top 50. Five of them went as high as the top 20, but their highest singles were Just a Song Before I Go, which hit number five in 1977, and Wasted on the Way, which hit number two in 1982. They did not have a number one single. Marrakesh Express was really their only noteworthy single, in the UK, it hit number 17, and that's a song I dislike quite heavily. If you go back mm -hmm. to our review of their self-titled debut album, you'll hear yeah. that. And the only number one single they did have anywhere was Southern Cross, and it hit number one in Canada in 1982. So I guess they have had a number one single, but it was in Canada. Not even Australia. You can't even see the Southern Cross from Canada. That's true. The group broke up in 1970, and they got back together briefly in 1974 as Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. But let's be honest, they've broke up hundreds of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. These guys are um, like a, a relationship that just, you know. <laughs> yeah, they weren't meant to be together. You throw David Crosby and even Neil Young in there, and those are just two people that certainly couldn't get along. David Crosby, I don't think, could get along with anyone if he tried. Yeah, this was uh, David Crosby. He's prickles. Yeah, I mean, there. like I said, there was major problems between him and Neil Young, but there was also 
whole major problems between Graham Nash and David Crosby. So, mm-hmm. and, the, and David Crosby's had problems with a lot of different people. And speaking of David Crosby, he actually died about a year ago in January of 2023. So that pretty much killed any chance of a reunion for the original band. Crosby's the one that looks like Gallagher. Pretty much, yeah. Bald on top, long hair ringed around his head, and a big, thick mustache. Yeah, and there's no doubt about his talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not something we can even, that's up for debate. It's just so strange to me that you got this band that can't get along, that specializes in harmonizing. But between Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and all of their solo careers, they have sold about 70 million albums worldwide. So do you want to get to the song review? Yes, let's do it. And now it's time for the song review. Okay, so today we're doing Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Ohio. Now, Ohio was recorded in May of 1970. So this song was written by Neil Young shortly after the May 4th, 1970 Kent State shooting by the National Guard that killed four students. (laughs) I think anyone that knows their history or was around back then and really all the political activism and things that were going on for peace and against the war and things would know something about the Kent state shooting. I'm surprised that they haven't done more like uh, television and movie wise and more media around this incident. I've seen it on a few documentaries about the sixties and seventies and things yeah. like that, but yeah, I haven't seen much about it. You think there would be a good documentary <laughs> about it. Of course, at the time the band was touring But like we spoke earlier, they had a very strained relationship, which was well known to everyone. So during a concert that was in Denver, Colorado on May 12th, a little over a week after the Kent State shootings, they were touring their new album, Deja Vu, which that's the first album, like I said, that Neil Young had been part of the band. And Stephen Stills actually told the audience, if the Army guys show up, just get out of the way. Yeah. So, I mean, it was still fresh. They thought... (laughs) Half joking, half not. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing is I don't know how much joking it truly was, you know, because this was realism at the time. But by the end of that first concert, they had a troubled sound system, given all Mm -hmm. kinds of problems, and it really mirrored the relationship problems between the band members. Neil Young threw his guitar down and walked off stage before the final song, and the band just decided they were done with the tour. This is bullshit. We're done. The band actually faced the threat of a lawsuit because of this, you know, from all the concert promoters. And so they decided that they better get back together and keep touring. Yeah. If you're going to say that you're going to do a tour and people put a lot of money into promoting you, then they're going to want that money compensated. So you've got David Crosby. He was over at Neil Young's house when the Life Magazine edition came out showing pictures of the people that had been shot at Kent mm-hmm. State in Ohio. And Neil Young turned away after seeing those images and he banked, he basically began piecing together this song, Ohio. And Crosby followed that up by working out a harmony to go along with it, which that's one thing Crosby was amazing at, his harmonies. Mm-hmm. The whole band was, let's be honest. But yeah, for, for being a dick, he really had some talent there. Yeah. When they are finished, you know, David Crosby called Graham Nash and told him to book a recording studio as soon as possible, telling him, you know, you're not going to believe this song that Neil's just written. It's an amazing song. We need to get this thing recorded down. Crosby was obviously, as we've already said plenty of times, the most disruptive member in the band. But Graham Nash and Stephen Stills, you know, really caught the excitement of this and agreed to meet at the studio to get this thing put Mm -hmm. on tape. And the thing about Ohio, which is kind of really strange, is it's different from the whole style of the band. And I think a lot of that's Neil Young coming in because, like I stated earlier, that's what I like is Neil Young brings in that guitar flavor, a little heavier than Mm -hmm. some of the acoustic you get like on their first album. I really like how he brings that in. 
but it is a different style and is written about a specific topic of current events, which was a little bit different, but they, they did have a lot of things to say out against the war and the goings on. So the B side to Ohio was find the cost of freedom. And that's not a bad song either, but we're not here to review that one. So, and Albert Grossman, who famously had signed Bob Dylan, Peter Paul and Mary, a ton of other musicians he had managed. He was over there and really got into a heated discussion with David Crosby about politics in music and that they shouldn't be in music. He really had mixed feelings about hearing this song, you know, what it implied and things like that. He really had mixed feelings about the song with its political nature and how it would be perceived once it was released to the public. It was only a few days after that and Ohio was on the radio. It didn't take much time from throwing this song down in the studio to getting it out on the radio. It was out pretty quick. And if you've heard the song, you've got David Crosby at the very end. He improvised that big scream he does at the end when he says, how many more, how many more? Even though I didn't grow up during those times, it really does capture the outrage and grief of the time. And it was an instant hit, the song was. And the thing that makes this song crazy is all the tumultuous things that were going on with this kind of stuff. It's almost like, have we learned anything now? What's changed now? Now we're just on to another subject and another fight. It's almost yeah. like that's what it's always going to be, right? Mm-hmm. Neil Young, even though he wrote this song, he was not a protesting hippie. He shocked his fan base by coming out in support of Ronald Reagan in the 80s. Yeah, that's was, not hippie-ish. <laughs> no, which was kind of crazy. But, you know, I think where he was so outraged by the incident that happened at Kent State, this mm-hmm. protest song is certainly sincere and from his heart. I think that's why it became so popular. I think that's why a lot of songs become popular is when they're really from the heart and really truthful about something, you know. But this song, it only hit number 14 on the Billboard charts, but it was a success, and Mm -hmm. especially how quickly it was written, recorded, and released. And you've got a guy named Alan Canfora. He was one of the students who was shot, and he actually related his personal account Let me read you something for that. On May 4th, 1970, I was waving a black protest flag as a symbol of my anger and despair, 10 days after I attended the funeral of my 19-year-old friend killed in Vietnam. I was about 250 feet away from the kneeling, aiming guardsmen from Troop G, the death squad, minutes before they marched away up on hillside. They fired 67 shots from the hilltop during 13 seconds of deadly gunfire, mostly from powerful M1 rifles. I was shot through my right wrist. I survived because I jumped behind the only tree in direct line of gunfire. About a week later, I was riding in the Ohio countryside and other Kent State Massacre survivors when WMMS radio played the song Ohio for the first time. We were deeply moved and inspired by that great anti-war anthem. In Ohio, the funny thing about the song is they banned it on AM radio stations. (laughs) I can see why. And see, I don't see why. Because it was so upsetting. Yeah, but it's so truthful. I I don't even see anything behind it that should be upsetting. It's almost like telling what happened, screaming outrage over it. Yeah, this this shooting incident, like you had a bunch of protesters at uh, Kent State, just, you know, students, activists who were out there saying, look, we we don't want Vietnam. And the National Guard was called out because, well, these uh, protesters had gotten a little... Uh, crazy and uh, forceful and setting fire to the ROTC building on campus and such. Then the National Guardsmen, like they said, they lined up, you know, first row uh, kneeling, second row behind them standing. And they, uh, I don't know who started the firing, but for 13 seconds, they shot 67 rounds. 
into the crowd and some of them over the crowd. But the thing is, is they were on the high ground. So they're shooting. They're not necessarily trying to shoot into the crowd. They're just trying to get warning shots, scare them a little, shoot over the crowd. But what's over the crowd? They're not really paying attention to what's behind them. In fact, there was a, a student that was trying to get into his car, was shot in the back, paralyzed uh, from that incident. He was just trying to go home. Just a student on his way home. Real sad incident. Yeah, it is. And it's a good song. Well, let's get to the song. We've kind of told the history of it. What are your thoughts on the song? So the song itself is, um, it's one that I'd heard before. I didn't uh, really know know it until it started uh, with the electric guitar opening. And Neil Young really brings that electric guitar in. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really good. And then the drums join in. And it's got a bit of a march to it. And uh, that keeps it rolling. And uh Neil Young, very talented writer, putting this down together. As far as the way that the the song rolls out, you know, listening to the lyrics and what they're saying about four dead in Ohio, that ten soldiers are all lined up, Nixon's coming. It's it's pretty clear what they're saying. Yeah, four dead in Ohio. The arm, the soldiers are there to gun us down. There's a lot of real powerful imagery. Yeah, the imagery, like, uh, what if you knew her and found her dead on the ground? Yeah. So you're getting the imagery from all sides of it. And I think that's from the disturbing pictures from Life magazine. It, it, they didn't hold it back. They didn't edit it. They're in black and white. But it's a girl lying dead on the ground, face down, and her friends behind her or beside her, her lifeless body there. He's like, yeah, what would you think if it was your friend? Very poignant. The vocals on this, they're not the cleanest. And uh, I think that's part of what makes it such a powerful song. There's a little, well, it, it doesn't quite match up when they're trying to harmonize compared to when Neil Young is singing the raw lyrics. They're so full of passion and grief. And then they start harmonies. I get down to it. And uh, it, they're doing that Crosby, Steele, Nash and Young harmonizing that they're so famous for. It just, I thought it was a little strange didn't didn't really match to me what are your thoughts on the song well contrary to what you say i actually like the vocals on it i neil young's got a strange voice there's no doubt about it but he falls into that category of people like bob dylan and tom petty and those kind of guys where their voice is a little different but that's what makes it good yeah i think you know and signature right yeah and i really like neil young's music when it's rockers i really like his rockers yeah neil young i had no idea if it if he was a boy or a girl until probably about four or five years ago just from his voice yeah just from his voice i had no idea if he was a boy or a girl I, I really like the guitar intro. I mean, that's what does. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know, guitar is what does it for me most mm-hmm. of the time. And I, I really like that brought into this. But then you still you have the Neil Young voice, which adds different element to Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young. But then you still got the harmony in the backgrounds and stuff. So it's pretty decent. I thought it had a decent bass line. The drums are maybe a little tinny in it, but mm-hmm. not bad. Decent little guitar solo middle way through, and it has kind of neat little licks on that you hear through the whole song, which mm-hmm. I really like. It's a short song, just barely over three minutes. I, I think it gets the point across, and I think you pretty much said it well, is it's the imagery. I really like the way the song sounds, but mm-hmm. at the same time, even though I'm not a huge lyric guy, this one is important when it comes to the lyrics. And, and it's funny that this was banned 
on radio. Mm -hmm. It's funny the things we've talked about a number of songs on this podcast before that were banned or they didn't like playing them or whatever it was. It's funny the naivety that existed back then that isn't now. I mean, now you can basically play or say anything on the radio. Wow. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, do you want to get to the song rating? Yeah, let's rate it. Song rating. All right, so if this is your first time listening, we have a pretty simple system for rating our songs and albums. It's a zero to ten. Zero, we hate it. Ten, we love it. We're going to go buy the song or the album or whatever. So, that being said, I'm, I'm going to put this single as a seven. And I think with... Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young is not really my cup of tea when it comes to a band or a group, but I give it a seven just because of the subject material that um, Neil Young really captured it. His writing, his putting this song together, the story around this song, it, it bumped it at least two points for me. I'd probably put it as a five just um, listening to the radio, but I'm, I'm bumping it two points up just uh because of the story behind how the song came together. The subject material is super important. This is a, the Kent state shooting is something that should uh, live in infamy forever. Just like the uh, Pearl Harbor and other horrible events like nine 11 in our history, the Kent state shootings that important. I think, uh, what rating do you give it, Justin? I've always liked Ohio as a song. I mean, just even musically, I think it's a pretty powerful song. But I think it's one that makes me listen to the lyrics and think of what they're about. And all that imagery comes flooding every time I hear it. So it's a pretty important song all the way around. I rate this song an eight. And it's one for me that's a classic song, but doesn't get overplayed too much either. True. I listen to a lot of classic rock radio. I have a lot of playlists on Spotify. I listen to a lot of albums, obviously. And I don't hear this song that much so every mm -hmm. time i hear it i really like the guitar in it i really like the music and i like the imagery so good song yeah it's got good elements and uh i've heard this song on the radio this is a song i've heard before i didn't but i'm not so familiar with it that i knew this song before we listened to it i hadn't like been able to understand the lyrics because that harmonizing sometimes meshes uh the words on me so i can't quite make out what they're saying but i read through the lyrics while we were uh, listening to a boy powerful powerful writing so that's ohio by crosby stills nash and young and let us know what you think reach out to us at classic vinyl podcast at gmail.com and like always we appreciate you listening and until next time we'll see you later see ya thank you so much for listening to classic vinyl podcast and don't forget to subscribe on spotify or apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts follow us on instagram at classic vinyl podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends.